podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. Um, Leeds nil, Liverpool 3 in the Premier League this afternoon at Ellen Road. Loads and loads and loads to get through. With me I have got Conroy, I have Grizz and I have Keith. Um, tonight, Leeds nil, Liverpool 3. Obviously, Salah, 100 goals up in the Premier League. That very, very, very unfortunate injury to Harvey Elliott, which we'll discuss. And the verdict so far, I suppose, on Liverpool, but we've loads to get through um, on the list here. We want to talk Salah, Fabinho, Elliott, Mane, Thiago, Leeds, um, all that sort of stuff. So, um, where where we start? Where we start? Where, I'll tell you what we do. Um, let's start with Grizz. Um, Grizz, we're going to get into loads and loads and loads of stuff this evening on this show. Um, and I know you have lots and lots and lots to say on loads of bits that's gone on today. But um, just your reaction to a Liverpool 3-0 win at Ellen Road. Because, you you know, I think it was a big win. I think it was a big win after all the fucking messing over the weekend. And, you know, player teams winning titles yesterday and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it was huge for Liverpool to come out and kind of go, hold on. Um, we're still here. Well, I messaged you last night, didn't I? And I said, "It it week game week four, and it feels like huge, massive pressure already. Like everyone won the title last night. Like Man United won it in the morning, lunchtime, and then and then Man City win it in the afternoon at three p.m. <laughs> kickoff, and then Chelsea win it. And then I told you, I said, Gav, we don't win the we don't win tomorrow." It's chaos. It's nightmare. And he was like, uh, I think you fucking predicted 3-0 as well. I can't remember. 3-1. 3-1. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well done for being honest. I would have lied. And said, <laughs> no, no, but, no, 3-1. No, fair play to you. Yeah, you said 3-1. But, um, and so there's, so there's, this reminds me again, again, it just goes back to, to the season where we won it. And every time we were asked a question, as in a reply to the other teams in and around us winning and trying to sort of how teams try to put pressure on you and the onus is on you. You have to just keep up with the pace. It reminded me of that. Leads away uh, is not easy, especially with a packed Ellen crowd. They've been waiting for this day for years, literally. Like coming back in the Premier League, big team coming to town. You know, they had last season, but obviously no crowd. They've only had Everton this season at home, so not really a big team. This was the one for them. This was the one. Um, and I said it, we matched their intensity, their high tempo, their running, sheer running power. Our class will come through. And I think that was exactly what it was. I think that initial five to ten minutes, um, we weathered the storm, and then our class literally takes over for the rest of the game. Huge way too early to say mental you know mentality wise but it was a glimpse into the mentality monsters that we still are it was Keith I'll come to you because I, I agree with Grizz to a point I think there's a lot made of the Leeds 
crowd and, and stuff like that, but you have to marry that with, with a team that you fear. And, and Leeds can be feared on that day, but they've had two home games now and they've drew with Everton 2-2 and they've lost 3-0 at home to Liverpool. Um, You know, I didn't fear Leeds today in, in a footballing sense. I feared maybe the atmosphere, the intensity, you know, could make it a little bit a bit of a mad game you know like uh, rough and tumble all over the place and see where they get but, but after that Keith and a Trina win and, and as I said we get into everything in, in the next little while what's your reaction to it because whether they're good or not it's an away win it's a Trina win away from home in the fourth league game of the season yeah um, look I think Grizz touched on it there and he was right it's the first big game for big home game for Leeds in 16 years do you know what I mean in the Premier League and I know with tongue in cheek we can say Everton had in a big game but the, the big ones for Leeds are Manchester United ourselves and then the other big teams they'll take but there is a sort of a his, historical rivalry between Leeds and Liverpool you know you go back to the 70s and all Billy Bremner and Kevin Keegan and having a punch up in the Charity Shield Cantona you know there's been loads and loads the Viduka game you bow it all these you know it, all their history is sort of married in with Liverpool and, and Manchester United as well in the, in the same way. But um, the, it was you're right, the atmosphere is is what you are looking at because Leeds they're they're struggling a bit at the moment. But like I think they'll be okay in the league this year. I think they've had an unfortunate fixture list so far. Um, the United away in the fourth game that's their biggest rivalry. They got absolutely hopped off. Then Everton at home uh, two all draw. And then Burnley was it? They drew up Burnley was it? Was yeah, that that one all draw with Burnley and then ourselves you know it's not been a great start for them but Gaviaroi the atmosphere is what it's all about because very similar to United yesterday yeah, we all knew United were going to win because the Ronaldo thing whipped up such a sense of inevitability and a frenzy that he just knew sort of what was going to happen there and I knew the atmosphere was going to be red hot today at Leeds because it's, like I said, it's their first real big one. It's their first, you know, Everton are a big club. Let's not, you know, we can joke about it, but they're not one of the the, the really big boys. You know, they're, they're similar to Leeds. They're a historical big club. But today was one that these fans have been waiting on. Um, we'll get on to some of the... The, um, the reactions maybe as the show goes on but I, I felt it was a difficult game look I'm a, I'm a fan of Bielsa and I'm a fan of how Leeds play and and the energy that they play with and the pressing game that they play with but I always felt we we're going to win that game today you know I, I, I genuinely felt that we were going to win and there's something just about this team now that I'm sort of back to where we were maybe a year be up you know, before last season when you just felt you were going to get it done. And I felt that way today. I was confident going into the game. I think, you know, as as Grizz touched on there, everyone else is winning the league except us. Well, I, I don't mind us, do you know what I mean? I, I like us. I like what we have and I like how we're sort of shaping up. We drop points against Chelsea at home. Look, teams are going to drop points against each other. That's just the way it's going to go. But ultimately, we're doing well, we're playing well and I, I just thought we brought it into the game today and I thought we started well and I thought we just never really took our foot off the gas. Midnight Hogger says, let's face it, Liverpool will be clear only for a terrible day in front of goal versus Chelsea and that's a fair point as well. Um, Conroy, it's three big points um, and 
you know, we're looking at all these teams and going, they got this and look what they're doing. And we're just going, well, we have already have this and this is what we're doing. And I don't want to get into an argument over squad depth and who we should have signed and who we shouldn't have signed because it's fucking boring as fuck now and there's football to be watched. But for you going into that today and, and when you see, you know, you watch that game, you see a result and there is elements to it that, that we're not happy over. Um, but when you see that result and you walk away, Matrina win away at Leeds and you look and you're, you're, you're on 10 points in the league, same goal difference as I think United and Chelsea. Um, or we've been a replica. Um, to Chelsea's, yeah. I think I think we're at absolute exactly. on ra- yeah. replica exactly. of, of Chelsea's thing. But but Conroy, whatever form Leeds are in and whatever like that, coming back from an international break and going away and winning like that, you must have been delighted at the full time whistle. No, I was, Gav. I was. It's, it's funny though because it's like a three 0 win away, but there was a few things, and I'm not even talking about Elliot and stuff. We'll get into that, but in general, I thought um, it's going to sound. 3-0 flattered us, but at the same time didn't flatter us because it should have been a lot more a lot earlier. But by winning, scoring the third goal in the last minute, it was like, kind of makes it look like a big win where I felt like final third, I, I actually thought at times that was ridiculous. It is ridiculous at times how poor we are in the final third for decisions or maybe not decisions, it's the person who's finishing it off. And there were some good moments, but I've got to be honest, um, I'm buzzing with the win today, guys, but I feel like I'm not going to learn, I don't think we learned a lot today. I feel like Leeds played interhands so much. Like, we had so much space. Like, that comment, midnight talker, fair enough. But see, Chelsea, Chelsea's sitting, and that's when we struggle. Today, Leeds tried to make it a basketball match, and that was not smart at all. Again, we talk about them being naive against United. I feel like they're naive again today, because before we scored, they had about three or four warnings, and they were still trying to play that way. There was so much space. There was one point where Salah done a flick-through ball and I think Liam Cooper got booked for pulling Manny down. It was literally a ball sh- straight through the middle of the midfield, and we were nearly in. I- I've got to be honest, guys, I'm buzzing with a win, but I'll be impressed when it's a team who sits in. We do that too. Until then, I still worry that the problems of Chelsea are still there. And it is Chelsea, don't get me wrong, Chelsea are very good defensively, so it's not like it was a, a Burnley who sat in. But buzzing with a win, but for me, I'm just going to see for the next game. I still think we've still got some issues of breaking teams down. But, you know, buzzing with the win. And as I say, finishing-wise, that's maybe what we'll get into. Not good enough. Other teams will punish us for not finishing or making the right choices in those decisions. We've never we've never been great at decision-making in general. I, I know that. But today, was taking the piss. Like, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Like, But Chris Brack says 3-0 flattered leads. And Kev, Kevin Ball kind of backs up what you're saying here. He says, um, he, he just turned around and he says... Um, Against better teams, Mane can be as slow making decisions in the final tour. And, and I get that, you know, and we, we'll talk about the game now in a few minutes. And I get that. But, but like, oh, my feelings on it was, I was confident we were going to win. F- simply for the reasons you're talking about, Conroy. They're so open. And so, they don't seem to... Uh, Keith is a massive... Av- you know, advocate of of uh, Bielsa. Um, so, I think so, they're so going str- really like to well. struggle this season because as much as they're good to watch... People have watched them, and by watching them, they're able to figure them out to a certain extent. And and what teams seem to be doing against Leeds, which they didn't do as much last season, was to say, "Okay, we won't give them a lot of the ball. Let them let let's go at them and let them go at us, and we'll use our experience to pick them off." And I think after watching them for a year in the Premier League, teams are starting to realise that you will get space against Leeds, and you will get space in certain areas if you, like Grizz said, if you match their running, you match their enthusiasm, and you can dampen their crowd after ten minutes. They're there to be got at, and that's where I think they might struggle. But for me, 
I was confident, but coming off the back of the international break where I don't know if this is even true because it might be, but I always feel like oh, international break, first game back, players traveling in at different times. Liverpool are probably yeah, excellent. Point, after, they're, they're probably excellent after the international break. Liverpool, like you, someone will probably put up a stat now going, Gav, they've won the last 10 or the last 11 when they come back in the international break. But it's just something in me where I go in. It's just when you know when players are in different parts of the world and they're coming back on different days and you're trying to, you know, like Klopp said the other day, I don't even know if I'm allowed to use these Brazilian lads. I'd love to train with the team I want to to um, to play with. But I was confident. And on the whole, I thought after 10 minutes where we kind of, we just suffocated them. And we, we showed what we were and, and we showed what we were about. And overall, I thought, yeah, decision making can be better. Absolutely, it can be better. But you can't argue with 3-0. Um, if you tell me that Liverpool will play like that and make better decisions... Uh, nine times out of ten in the next fifteen league games, you'd be you'd be hard pushed not to see them winning twelve, thirteen of those games, and that's just the way I look at it. But moving on to um, I want to move on to the lineup because um, it surprised a few. Um, Allison and Gold, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson as a back four, Fabinho, Thiago, and Elliot. Um, I think a lot of people felt that Henderson might start, but Elliot got the show. You had Salah, Manning, and Jota. And Grizz, I come back to you. Um. We keep saying the only surprise is Elliot is in there because Henderson has had, a, I think he had one game at Liverpool. He went away. I think he gets he gets some minutes for England. Um, and you're thinking, right, he's back in the stride, but they're obviously managing him a bit. When you've seen that 11 grids where you're kind of going, yeah, I'm good with that. Is, is, that the level of, is that the level of confidence people have in Harvey Elliott that we just go, yeah, that's cool. If he's in there, we're fine. Yeah, absolutely. And on merit. Absolutely on merit. The kid's been, the kid's been sensational um, every time he's played, and and people are going to say sensational. Maybe a bit going overboard is fucking not. No, it's brilliant. He's been. It's, it's, it's fucking not overboard. I don't care what anyone says. He's been sensational because of the mere fact that you look at it sort of in context and. There's a Liverpool fan base that is literally baying for blood, i.e. new transfers. And central midfield is one of the areas that they're baying for blood in. And Jurgen Klopp turns around and says, oh, I'm okay. Forget your souls and forget your Tielemans. I've got this 17, okay, he's 18 now, is he, lads? 18-year-old? Yeah, yeah, 18 now, yeah. Okay, so we've got this 18-year-old who's um, I see day in, day out. And the improvement I've seen in training and in his attitude, his work ethic, his strength. You know, we can doubt it. Like, as I said to you, when I was at Burnley, when the team lineups came up, I was at the game and I was like, whoa, against Burnley, right? This is some show of confidence and faith in, 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 in Harvey. And he was magnificent. They, they tried to rough him up in that game as well. Some fierce tackles. And then he plays against Chelsea who I think are probably the most structured team and an organised team in the Premier League, in my humble opinion. And he shows a tactical acuteness in that game that's second to none. So Leeds away again, another test you think to yourself, whoa, Leeds away, all the things that we've discussed in terms of, you know, the crowd and and the intensity and everything. Jürgen Klopp showed amazing faith in him and you've got to give credit to Jürgen Klopp and and, and, the, and the guy's uh, just shown his absolute class. I actually, the, the the formation, as soon as I saw their lineup, I was convinced we're winning, lads. In terms of compared to I lineup, and obviously that sounds simplistic, like obviously we've got the better players than they have, 
But in terms of how Bielsa set up, um, it was 4-1, 4-1 basically, with Calvin Phillips as the lone DM. And then he had four forwards, which included Rodrigo as one of the midfielders. Um, and then um, sort of Bamford up front, I thought. And I, then, I, then, it, then I, it made sense, Jurgen Klopp's thinking in terms of picking Thiago and Elliot, who are very press resistant. And that's the way to bypass this Leeds man-to-man. That's why I thought early in the week Ox might get a chance if Elliot was ruled out. Because that was my thinking. I, I was thinking Ox might start. And can, can I ask you, because Dinesh has a super chat, he says Thiago is looking good with Fabinho. They control the midfield. He says we don't know if Chelsea and United can have 10 games as we showed oh. last season. Um, obviously, I, I don't know the bit at the end there. But obviously he's talking about Thiago, Fabinho being in there. And you're not too worried over Elliot. Was was it was was that part of your thinking when when you see the Leeds line up and you think Thiago, uh, Rodrigo being in there, Thiago, Fabinho, and then they're leaving Calvin Phillips, who's a fantastic footballer. Don't get me wrong, but they're leaving him, but they're leaving very open for the likes of Salah Mane to go in near him and expose space. Well, it, it it wasn't even exposed space. Calvin Phillips had a thankless task because how many times did we find our three against three? And that's absolute asking for trouble, even an out of sorts money, which I still believe is out of sorts, in sort of out of sorts. But we'll get onto that. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was. I'm I'm with Conroy when he says. I know what he means when he says they played into our hands. Um, there will be different types of tests for this Liverpool team. As there always is every time we play, it's a different type of test, and and you know we've shown that we we can overcome adversity. But um, but the lineup, there was a doubt about Robertson wasn't there during the week in terms of a slight slight issue maybe. But again, I thought Robertson was out of this world. I know we were talking machine. just before Ray. Yeah. He, he gives me so much Ashley Cole vibes in terms of energy. <laughs> Ashley Cole, I thought, was the one of the most energetic fit players I've ever seen in my life. Um, but this guy is on a par with him, at least on a par with him. Um, and I know you, Gav, I know you probably want to chat about Trent later, but I thought it's one of those games where you, you struggle to, to pick out a standout per se. I thought it was fantastic. And, I, and and the midfield setup totally made sense because the way Leeds play. You know, Thiago, how many times did we see Thiago and Elliot? They're so comfortable in receiving the ball with a man literally up their ass. You know, their first touch is immaculate. And yeah. that's how you bypass this. This Even Fabinho was doing it at times. And that's how you create space against this lead team. And it, and it worked a treat. It did. Um, Keith, Grizz touches on, on Callum Phillips and having a tankless task. And, and I couldn't understand what Leeds were at. Because if, if you're going to... If you're going to we've spoken about, and, and right now, the last couple of minutes, about Leeds running power. You know, they're... they're They've great vigour in what they do. They try press you. They they run and run and run. Why didn't he match them up, Keith? Why didn't he turn around and say, "I'll put Calvin Phillips in there and I'll put two midfielders ahead of him, and we'll mirror what Liverpool are doing." Okay, our our forwards may have to walk a bit. Our wide forwards may have to walk very hard because their fullbacks are known for, particularly Trent, getting way forward and looking to create. But why didn't he match them up and and nearly say, you know what? We'll, we'll try use the crowd and we'll try use the running power and we'll try use the, the enthusiasm and stuff like that. But I have to agree with Grace Keith. They just looked as if... And, and we're saying about teams not sitting in, but 
I looked at it and went out of 10 minutes. They're getting absolutely destroyed here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like Leeds formation. Calvin Phillips, okay, you know what you get from him. He's a defensive midfield player. He'll get in there and he'll play ball. Stuart Dallas, yeah, he's a utility player. Played a lot in defence, but he is in midfield that we trade and can get in there and match it up. Rodrigo was the stranger because Rodrigo was always a centre-forward. Yeah. Right? And since he's come to England, Bielsa's used him as a midfield player. Like Bielsa never uses him as a centre-forward because yeah. Bamford's been the centre-forward. Yeah. So he's got to convert him into this sort of attacking midfielder, which is fair enough. But for this game, and look, I don't know the background of how Leeds are doing, but I don't know why someone, I know he hasn't been playing much, but click in the midfield. You know, we not go for someone a bit more solid in there to, to go up against Liverpool, as you say, match them up and go from there. But I think... We done, um, a, we, we done, we done a preview on Carnage and I think uh, the lads, the Leeds lads were saying, I think he's been struggling with injury, they were saying. So that might explain... <laughs> Yeah, but but even like they whipped off Moreno at half time and put on Tyler Roberts, and to me that's a nothing change. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because Tyler Roberts isn't isn't really anything. I'm just looking at that team. Right, Click was on the bench, but didn't come on. But they had Shackleton on there that probably could have thrown in. A uh, young player plays in defence and and can play midfield as well. Um, or plays in midfield, plays in defence. Um, they could have put him on and just gone for something a bit more. I, I don't know what it is. I just think that was the. The, the two areas, the two glaring weaknesses for me for Liz was Rodrigo and Firpo. Um, and I think that's the problem. They, they've put a lot into Junior Firpo coming in. Um, yeah, Junior Firpo was a good player for Betis and struggled at Barcelona. And they look like they've got a player here who's and linked low to us. confidence. And linked to us, wasn't he, at some Yeah, stage? yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we were looking strongly at him for a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. Um, and... It, it looks like you've got a player who's low in confidence that's not really hit the ground running. Now, if you're the team that's as open as Leeds and you're playing with a gaping hole at left back, you're going to put yourself under pressure. And when, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Moreno was supposed to be sort of left side of, a, of their midfield four, maybe not on the wide midfield, but sort of left of centre. So you're not getting much cover around in there. So to me, yeah... It, Already personnel dictated who we went with, but I think Leeds do have an issue there. If I was Bielsa, I'd be, I'd be whipping fair by well with that team until he's up to speed. Um, it's one thing Klopp gets criticised for is not rushing his players in, but you see the benefits of it. Like with Roberts and Fabinho, we've seen it so many times. He, he gives players time to adapt. I'd be putting Dallas back there if I was Bielsa. Yeah, yeah he played, played him a lot there last season as well. Yeah, played, and played you just get that solid there. back and build on that because the thing about Liverpool so far this season, they've been built, everything we've done, that we look rock solid again. Now, I know it was attacking that was the issue last season. We weren't scoring goals or we weren't scoring more than one goal to kill off games. But we look solid now. We look like we've got the, 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 the lads have touched on it there, you know, the full-backs were good, the keeper was good, the centre-backs were excellent and the midfield in front of them were brilliant today as well. So Liverpool have got that solid base and Leeds just don't at the moment and until they fix that, they're not going to, to pull up any trees, certainly against the better teams. I think they'll do okay. I think Leeds will beat teams. They'll start to go on a run and they'll beat the teams they're expected to beat and there'll be, there'll be a few 6 nils thrown in there that they'll be beating by. But until they can acclimatise Fairbolt to the English game, I think they're going to underhide into nothing. So when he done that, it looked like a weakness. And as the game went on, um, who played left 
uh, was Jack Harrison, wasn't it? Played on the left side of midfield. So that whole yeah. side, I thought, was really, really poor today for Leeds. And they never really got, got it fixed up. And I know they, they, they lost um, Llorente early on to injury. But they were having a merit even up to that point, you know. Liverpool yeah, well, he were gets all booked, over he, just before he, he, yeah. um, he goes off as well. Like, Conroy, just getting into the game as well, you know, We've all said it, the atmosphere, all that sort of stuff, and, and it's a huge game for Leeds. You know, I know they've had their first game at home to Everton, but it's Liverpool, this is a different level. And I think Liverpool start quite brightly. And then Leeds come into it, and um, your man has a shot straight at Alisson. Rodrigo, that's Rodrigo. a big chance, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and, and, and he should be trying to put it in the far corner, but he, I think he just panics and, and takes a smash of it. But how do you think Liverpool dealt with that in the first 10 minutes or so? Because I thought they were grand. And then how? And what did you think of how we pushed on? Because I, I thought after that, that I, I think Leeds lost a lot of belief when that thing, when, when that chance went came and went. And then it was just a case of Liverpool taking over because it was literally, I felt it was like wave after wave. And my only worry was, we need to score one or two here because these won't be as bad come second half for argument's sake. How do you feel we dealt with it and, and then pushed on? I think, to be honest, quite similar, Gav. I feel like, I, I will be honest, we started okay, but that, that chance, Rafinha, we'll talk about him later, but he kind of comes inside as a step over. I actually think, it's, I might be wrong here, lads, it's either Virgil or someone else who doesn't actually see the runners quickly and there's a gap that opens for Rodrigo to shoot. It's a pathetic effort because, like, all joking aside, these are elite professional footballers, right? He's against one of the best keepers in the world. He cannot be hitting it direct at him with no pace in the Premier League against a team like Liverpool, a top six team. So I actually think we'll get away with one there. I'm not saying he should score, but I, I, for me, that could have been a terrible start. We, we take that in, we kind of see how the game goes. We're getting chances and getting space at this time. And I think, as you say, Gav, I think by the time, I don't know the exact time, but about 20 minutes in, I think the, we've sussed how this game's going to go. As I'd said, it was like at times Leeds midfield was opening like the Red Sea at times. We, we were just one ball through. I think, to be fair, Jota's not getting much of a credit. I think Jota was actually quite good today. Kind of done, someone said, it was Callum Erlen Coppice. It was kind of Firmino-esque today. He was dropping quite deep. I think just behind Calvin Phillips or whoever was kind of maintaining that space kind of getting a turnover and then playing it out wide and we were we were getting at them. So I thought once we sussed that out, to me it was just a case of is this going to be another day at the office where we can't make the right decision? Thankfully, Trent Alexander-Arnold managed to do that and Salah's movement was good to make it 1-0. But my head's a bit blurry of actually, because the amount of chances we have, I can't remember if it was before that goal or after, but there were so many times where it was like a half chance where it was like, see if you just played the right ball, we're in again. It actually took Joe Matip to come up the park and say, no, just play the ball here. It's this simple. Overcomplicating it as we do sometimes and uh, outstanding. But as I say, Gav, there's so much space. Honestly, if you wanted to say a dream fixture for that front three, I'm still baffled. I'm still baffled after 20 minutes why I didn't change it. And uh, yeah, as you said, I think once, as soon as we knew that's what the game was going to go like and they weren't going to change, I think as Grizz said earlier, we're always going to win the game. It was just about making it comfortable for ourselves and not like 1-2-0 or leaving it as 1-0 for as long as it did. Because a bit like yourself, I thought they were going to improve in second half. But thankfully, Fabinho scores quite early and we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um it, it's it's. I want to go on to Mo Salah. I'm being honest with you, right? Uh, Grace, I come to you because that's a hundred Premier League goals from Mo Salah. Um, 
it's just ridiculous. And the goal itself, like like Conroy says, Matip just and again going back to Leeds, four one, four one, and Matip strolling around thirty yards from goal, going, I'll just start passing balls around here. Like first of all, Grizz, it's a well worked goal. And when you see Trent in that position, you're thinking it's he's definitely putting it to someone here. Like there's never any doubt for me when, when Trent gets in that position that we're gonna have a chance. Salah is in the right spot and just buries it. But great time to get a goal, Grizz, twenty minutes in, and also a hundred fucking goals. Like he's uh, we're running out of superlatives for him. We really are. Yeah, I am. I've I've run out of superlatives for him. I, you, it's just repeating what we've been saying for him because we as Liverpool fans see him week in, week out and we know what a man he is. Like, literally. And we've touched upon it in, in recent weeks and I've, I've I've said it, that I'm seeing a new side to him as well. Just when you think he can't get any better or or become more of a complete forward you know there's people always doubting in certain aspects of his game he was getting manhandled in that first half gaff junior furpo didn't know how to handle him apart from literally handle him like he thought that is the only way to stop him headlocks drag you know dragging him elbows all sorts um he felt the strength as as keith says um furpo's a decent player I was actually a fan of Furpo when, when we were linked with him. I thought he brings a lot going forward, but obviously we didn't give him a chance to fucking go forward. He had his hands full, but he felt the brute, sheer brute, natural strength of Mo Salah when he really tried to rough him up. And, and Mo Salah was just turning him every single time. The guy is a phenomenon, Gavin. The guy is a phenomenon. He's, um, he's going to go down as... We said it and we'll repeat it again. He's going to go down, in my opinion, as the greatest Liverpool attacker of all time, uh, numbers-wise. And then hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, a couple of more trophies-wise as well. Um, but his all-round game was absolute superb. His overall game, his link-up play. This is why, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're talking about the good stuff at the moment. But when we talk about Elliot. This is why I'm absolutely gutted for the kid as well. The relationship in a very short space of time he's developed with Elliot is 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 one of natural causes, if you know what I mean. Like when good players, like we've all played football, right? Um, and to a decent level, I don't know about you lot, right? We've all played football and we've played five or six, fo- we've played five or six football. And you know when you know you want to play with a certain player, in the group of friends that you've got, that you've got this understanding with, you know it's going to be natural, it's going to look good, you're going to click. He seems to have found that with with Harvey Elliott, the 18-year-old. That's been volumes for Harvey Elliott, doesn't it? That Mo Salah knows. The similarities as a player, though, they're both left-footed, very left-footed, play on the right-hand side, so both inverted. I know he's maybe not out and out winger, but I think they're, they want to come inside a lot. So I feel like you can tell that they maybe think is sim- similar, if you know what I mean, when they're playing. Obviously, I know you Salah's mean, got much more experience. I know what but, you mean, but but also, but also, you know, you look at that triangle they've kind of created now. I don't know if it's a triangle. I don't know what shape it would be. I think Keith would. Keith, what kind of shape is that? Trent, Elliot, and Salah. 
sort of trio on that side. It's a thing of beauty already. Three and I think Salah's bringing on... a triangle. Yeah. Is it a triangle? Okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. We call it a triumvirate. Go for a triumvirate. I wouldn't know how to say that, man. I was going to say, but, but, yeah, don't, la- don't yeah. ask him to try that. Yeah, you're asking for a lot there, son, <laughs> on a Sunday night. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Mo Salah, Gaff. Wow, we just hope that um, if someone said to someone messaged me uh, in one of the in, in one of the groups, someone said one of the things about Ronaldo's um, homecoming will I think or hit the guy was saying inspire Salah even more because he will be talked about less even less you know and and we know Salah even without Ronaldo doesn't talk to isn't talked about much in the media but he doesn't give a shit. Um, you know, I think it inspires him to another level. And who does that benefit us? You know, carry on. Carry on talking about your Lukaku's and your Cristiano Ronaldo's. We've got the original, original gunman who has been decimating defences for the last two, three seasons. And 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 it, and it looks even better now. So long may it continue. Um, Keith, I want to talk... Look, look. We talked about the goal there, and, and it's a really well worked goal. And I think it's it, the timing of it is great because Liverpool are starting to get on top. They're, they're controlling, and you, look, I always say this: if you're on, on top and it gets to 25, 30, 35, you're looking at that clock and you're saying this: if you need to make this pay, because yeah. teams get fifteen minutes to reshape and stuff like we've seen that with Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, and it's a really well worked goal, and delighted to get it. But I want to ask you about Mo Salah and. Is happiness because I think he looks the happiest he's ever looked at Liverpool. And what I mean by that is Salah would score goals, and I know people would say, Oh, there'll be empty stadiums, but Salah would score goals in full stadiums and kind of just be like, Yeah, goal, grant. He seems to score goals now and it's like massive smiles in his face, running to his teammates, you know. And, I, well, I'm look, and to be honest with you, Keith, I'm looking at goal, he's definitely signing a fucking contract. You can't be that happy and hugging all these people only to say you're not staying um, or you're not, you're not renewing a contract. But he looks so happy. He looks, and I think it brings an assurity to him. You know, yeah. sometimes you see Salah and he's kind of, I'm not saying he's not brilliant, but sometimes is he that sure of himself? Is he, does he go that extra yard because he's just that confident? And I'm sure he is really confident, but right now I look at him and I just go, he's torn into a killer for me. He's a killer of a player now. And his numbers will tell you he's a killer for a couple of years, but right now he just, everything, the whole the whole package key for me looks absolutely imperious at the minute. Yeah, do you know what's impressed me the most, Gav? It's <laughs> his team play. He's more of a team player at the moment. And that's not to say... Conroy on me good because he yeah. sounds like you're gonna rob me point. But no, no, it's no, not no, to say, 100%, mate. 100%. Not to say that he's greedy. I know he always gets the, the tag of being greedy, and I think he's been very selfish at times as well. But the there was a, an incident there in the game when um Trent Alexander Arnold goes down injured and Salah straight away goes into the right foot, straight away sprints back and gets into right back until Trent gets up off the ground and gets back into position. You wouldn't have seen Salah doing that before because he was very much his own game, boom, tunnel vision, I'm here, I'm going to score goals. To me, he looks like a more more of a team player now. It, we've seen the, the the transformation in him nearly, I think, in the last year or so, where he is setting up a lot more chances for his teammates. They're not always taking them, but he is setting, he's doing a lot more creativity. But I find he's doing more shifts now. Maybe Harvey Elliott in there and Salah has taken a bit of responsibility as the lads have touched on. You know, the link up with Harvey Elliott that I think speaks volumes for Harvey Elliott's ability. But maybe Salah is looking at it as in, right, 
we know Gav used to say all the time, Henderson's in there, he always tucks in and slots and covers for him. And maybe Mo was taking that, you know, not a, a mentor role to Harvey Elliott. As Connery said, they're very similar type of players. And maybe he has taken that on because I think he's a much better, so far this season, his game is much more rounded than it has been. And I hope it's something that continues going forward because Riz touched on it. He's the most disrespected um, forward in the Premier League. He's the, uh, currently, you know, let's talk superstar, this fella. You said the 100 goals there, right? Two of them are for Chelsea, so I'm not really giving it that yet. But that was in 162 games, I think, is the, the figure. 13 of them were for Chelsea. He got two goals. I think he's on 149 games for us and 98 Premier League goals. <clears throat> That's outrageous. He's the fifth fastest to get there behind Shearer, Kane, Aguero and Henri. They're all centre-forwards. Yeah. This fella's a winger. Yeah. Now, I know Henri played wide a lot, but he was a centre-forward in a two-man attack. You know, he, he wasn't, and he let's not make out he was a wide player. He just pulled wide to, to make his runs. This fella does not get the crowd. I think he's the most underrated player in the league, possibly in Europe. I just don't think he gets any respect, and he's getting better. I'm worried about the contract. I'm really worried about the contract situation because if there's anything in this 500 grand a week, we're not going to pay him 500 grand a week. And then we have a problem. If Mo Salah is, if Mo Salah is going to Liverpool and asking for 500 grand a week, he doesn't want a new contract. That's yeah. my opinion on it. Now, I'm not saying he's not worth it. That's not me saying he's not worth it. He won't it. give it. That's not me saying, you know, I wouldn't give it to him because I fucking give him anything. You know what yeah. I mean? He could, I accept me golf clubs. He's not getting them. But, for me, like, you know, it's similar. Like, if if you have someone playing in, in mid-table Premier League and they're on 80 grand a week and it's big money and you know, I'm going in for a contract, I'm going to ask for 200 grand a week. You know you're not yeah. getting that 200 grand a week. You're going in there. Now, I don't know if there's any truth in it, but if, if Mo Salah or his agent is, is, is genuinely asked for 500 grand a week off Liverpool, he's not looking for a new contract because yeah. he knows they won't pay it. He knows that there's too many players around him. And I'm not saying he's not the best at the club. But there's the likes of the Alison Beckers. You have... Um, you have Trent, Dijk, you've Trent, Trent. Yeah, you have all these players that have signed new deals. Iconic players in the yeah, history yeah, yeah. of the club. Yeah, even exactly. though they're in the same team. like They're actually iconic players. Exactly. I don't know if there's anything in the 500 grand a week. No. But um, I'm, not, I'm not being bad. Like, I don't know what Virgil van Dijk is on. Um... I would argue it's over 200 grand a week. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I think it could be somewhere around that. But I think if you're going to offer, we'll probably go to 300 grand a week for Salah. And I think with bonuses then. With, with, well, you see, this is where they're trying to cut out the bonus thing, I think, to a certain extent, because they got they, they got massively Scorched. good bonuses over the last yeah. couple of years. So they're trying to do base wages with less bonuses so they know exactly what they're paying out, if you get me. But yeah. it's... Oh, I can't see any truth in the 500 grand a week, but he's just a phenomenon. And and I know what you're saying. And maybe people think you live in this bubble where you go, oh, you don't see Salah getting credit. I see Salah getting credit. Don't get me wrong. By, by fans of all clubs. Like, I know I know fans of Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Spurs, whatever. And they all say to me, he's fucking brilliant. He's just brilliant. You know, but if he wasn't Mo Salah and he was somebody else doing them sort of numbers as a wide man, you know, it would be 
like they'd be on the roofs shouting about yeah. me, you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those, not like we're living in this kind of little bubble and, and we're just not um, acknowledging that the credit he's getting, because I think he does get credit, but it, like for that, them sort of numbers, for only them four players to be ahead of him, who are centre forwards and who all took penalties as well, so the penalty shout really can't be thrown at you. Um, it's it's absolutely fucking phenomenal. It really is. And, and that's the only word from him. And you know what? He's two years left. We're into September now. My only worry is that and I always say this, when it gets to 18 months and it gets to the January, forget the summer next summer, when it gets to that January and nothing's happened, yeah. you know there's something wrong, in my opinion. It won't get to that. It no, won't I, get to that. I don't think it will. I, I think you'll probably see something the next month. Where yeah, it'll where, be announced where, very soon. Where, where, where you think, yeah, I think it'll be a case of, I think it be, might be before the next international break where you'll find, and if, look, I'd be absolutely and utterly over the moon Um uh, it's probably the one of my most happiest contract renewals yeah. I'll ever see. If if Same it's one, and I don't care what they're fucking paying him. Just tell me he's signed on for another four years and I'm I'm all in because he's he's absolutely unbelievable. And I, I've made this point before and people agree and people don't agree with me. He's streets ahead of Luis Suarez and what he's done for Liverpool. And I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Suarez well, was what a doing? Ri- yeah. ridiculous footballer. But Mo Salah is way more valuable to Liverpool than Luis Suarez ever was. And I mean that ever. He's that fucking good. I think numbers. especially longevity as well, Gavin, consistency. Because when we think of Suarez, we think of like a one-off season, which is like up there. But maybe if you compare both careers, I think, yeah, there's definitely an argument there. But when it comes to Liverpool, I think he was already past that about a year ago in my estimations anyway. And that was just because I thought Suarez was ridiculous. But I'm not saying... Suarez was one season. Suarez Salah's probably won one, a Champions League in the Premier League. Yeah, but Suarez was probably one of my favourite players to, ever to watch at Liverpool because he yeah. was just... It was he madness. was a better player. It was madness. He was... He was yeah, he, 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 he had more. Um, yeah. More rounded, I think, as a player. Listen, but, you could argue that Suarez is a better, a better player than Thierry Henry. That's a, that's less yeah. a legitimate argument because of what Suarez has done in his career, but we're not getting to that. But that's no, a legitimate but, argument. But the thing, um, but the thing is, like, just looking... Uh, I get what Suarez done and, and I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. But when I look at Mo Salah and I look at Mo Suarez and people say, who would you take? For Liverpool, it's Mo Salah Brian. all day and yeah. twice on, every day and twice on Sunday. And people yeah. would say, but Suarez went on to do this. Yeah, he did. He went on. He went off yeah, and done that's it. That's the key part. The thing is, he <laughs> played for Liverpool us. Football Club, Mo Salah is streets ahead of him. Streets. And people will argue that and say, no, 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 I'm Sorry, he's fucking unbelievable. Absolutely and utterly unbelievable. And, and that'll be just, the biggest news of the season for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Just to clear that up, I'm seeing a few comments sort of the screen. I, and I'm, you know, I don't know if this is what you meant as well, Gav. I think Suarez is a better player, um, ability-wise, than, than Mo Salah. But Mo Salah is a better Liverpool player than yeah. Luis Suarez yeah. ever was. Yeah. Because of what he's done, what he's won, and the fact that he's spearheaded that. Luis Suarez has done great since he's left, but people are saying, oh no, Suarez miles ahead. As a Liverpool player, I think Salah, I, I nearly go, I'm leaning towards Salah being one, probably the best attacker we've ever had. Doesn't mean he's the best forward player we've ever had. I think Fernando Torres was a better footballer. Robbie Fowler was a better footballer. I take Salah ahead of them. Not bother. Is a bother. It's, it's a legacy with Liverpool as, as the yeah. team, I feel like. You yeah. have to take it in. You have to consider it, don't you? Yeah, like? maybe maybe when he when he leaves after the next contract, which he will sign four years, better look. Um maybe five, Gav, if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um maybe after that you kinda you have to look back because um look, don't get me wrong, Suarez was just fucking outrageous, but for me 
as a Liverpool legacy and what he's done at the club and for the amount of time he's been here and, and just Salah is just it's incredible. It's true. I, I can't even I can't even I can't even see a debate here, lads. I mean, I know we're trying to create a debate for content purposes, but there's in terms of what we've discussed, legacy, in terms of his time here, in terms of the trophies, in terms of the turnaround, in terms of the, for, the turnaround fortunes, elevating us to a we were always a huge mega club, but we are now a super club. Like the rival, like no one can say they're a bigger club than us. He's enabled us to reach there. And, you know, it's not, of course, it's not only Mo Salah, but his numbers have enabled that, lads. Yeah. It's it's simple as that. It's, it's yeah, it's just, I, I think we try to have the discussion because we run out of things to say about Salah. And I think when you run out of things to say about player, that's all you need to say. I've run out of things yeah. to say. And we did run out of things to say about Luis Suarez at times. Um but I just, I look at Salah, I look at the entertainment value. I, Suarez was ridiculous. But actual Liverpool value and what's come with it, um, it's, it's Salah all day for me. Um, moving on, though, and I'm going to come to you, uh, Conroy, because I said to the lads at halftime, lads, dominating 12, 13 shots, I think, in the first half, you know, three or four on target, opening them up. You know, being really on top, really, really impressive. But my worry at half time was, you know, they won't be as bad second half and we've only taken one chance. Going back to your your point about decision making, but we've only taken one chance. And I would have been that's not I know it's obvious to say much more comfortable at two 0 But you know, you know yourself, they come out, they're gonna get another G up from the crowd and they're gonna have had that fifteen minutes with B else and he's gonna might try something different, but we get that goal from Fabinho and I'm like, yeah. I'm 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 reclined back on the chair then, Conroy. I'm I'm it's all good. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like um that was basically fortunate probably because we got a corner. Ball falls to Fabinho. We get it's maybe a scrappy goes a bit unfair, but it's a good finish. But we get the goal. I know they're doing a VAR check. Can one even let him out they're checking? The checking if Manny was in the way of the goal. I mean he was about he was not where near him, right? So why is it just let's it was close. Like it was a close call because when he hit it, there has to be two players, I think. No, but I mean and the, the keeper's line of sight, isn't it? And I don't think Manny was, was ever. It was a def- yeah. There was so there was the defenders on the line, and then the keeper is a few yards off the line, and Mane is sort of in line with the keeper, and he's moving out of the way. So I think that checking is he ahead of the keeper. If he's ahead of the keeper, then I think he's offside because it's it doesn't you know yeah if it's you have blocking to be the vision the, the yeah. one man you know so it's not I don't yeah. think they were checking if he was blocking the vision. I think they were checking. It, the the man on the line became essentially the keeper, the last man. Yeah, so, because of the offside. But, but, yeah. I, but I think they might have been tied in because it, even if man is offside and it doesn't interfere with the keeper's vision, is the goal it, is going to be given. Yeah. Oh, it's only checked think, everything. I, yeah, but it's only checked what, everything. Was he vaccinated and all? It's only were looking for the vaccine <laughs> cert and all to rule that out. <laughs> yeah, they were checking to see if the tax insurance was on the car. It's just, but, it's just sometimes. I'm not one of them to say it's a Liverpool decision and look more into it. I'm not, but I'm just like. No, I think on, I, I, from what I from what I've seen and what I could take out of it was what you were looking for was is Mane in an offside position. If he is, right, if he is and he's blocking the line of the keeper, they'll pull it back. If he's not, it doesn't matter where he is. And I think yeah. that's what they were looking for. Just is is he in an offside position? But Conroy, like, 
Great to he's see. Clearly not, he was clearly not blocking the vision. I watched no, it no, no. So, they're, so, they're, so they're, just looking, they're just looking for a line there to see, you know, that that's what they're trying to tie yeah. the both of them in together for me. But <clears> great to see um, others chipping in with goals as well, though. I know it's from a bit of a set piece, but Fabinho getting on the score sheet, I think, is important. No, it was great. It was great, Gavin. It felt like, you know, maybe Fabinho was the only person who took one chance of scoring today. But no, it was really good. But it, as a bit like you said, I was actually worried at halftime. Because to me, it was getting a bit annoying how many how wasteful we're being. Because, I mean, you've seen United play Leeds and smash six against them, get it done, finished. I just felt like we, we gave them a chance. But to get that goal, it was brilliant. It was I actually forgot when the game finished that Big Fab scored. So I thought, out with that, I thought his performance, I think, for me, maybe man of the match, I thought he was unbelievable. Um, and as again, maybe we talk about Salah not getting the praise internationally. I do think Fabinho maybe doesn't get the the right praise as being for me probably I would say the best DM in the world. Like, I really think I feel like there's maybe <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry guys, I'm a big fan of Kante, but I feel like um, Fabinho is great at that. Maybe not as good as Kante, but still very good at that. And he's also got the passing ability on top. So I just feel like. I can, right now, I can I think he's the best DM in the, in the world, and I just again outstanding performance by him, and so lucky. What was how much was Fabinho? I know he said that on the quiz the other night. Was it 48, 49 right, million? What a bargain! Yeah, what a that. bargain! What a bargain! Honestly, what a player. Um, I I just I was I was very relaxed after that. Now I want to move away from it because I want to move to the bit of the game that. It was the it was the bit of the game that wasn't nice, and you know it's it's the injury to Harvey Elliott, and you know, I think it's very hard to talk about. Um, I was I'm being honest with you, lads. Um, you know, I kind of forgot about the result when I seen this. I kind of went very flat. Like Liverpool today, I've confirmed or this evening, I've confirmed he's been discharged from hospital after suffering a serious ankle injury in today's game. At Leeds, and um, they also have. Let me see. And we just have a little thing here from from Harvey Elliott on Instagram saying thank you for the messages, guys. Road to recovery, and there was a lovely um, there was a lovely social media post as well, um, from some random in a ho- in a in a hospital that broke his arm and ended up beside Harvey Elliott and ended up getting his jersey and his boots, um, which was a nice touch. But Keith, I come to you because, um, first and foremost. It's it's soul destroying, isn't it? When you see something like that happen to any player, but in particular a player of eighteen years of age, and yeah. you know starts against Burnley, gets the nod against Chelsea, plays today, and people are a little bit surprised he starts, but are absolutely fine with it. And I thought he was very very good again today. He's always like Chris is early, he's press resistant. He's looking to he's looking to get the ball over his feet. He's looking to pass, move. He's getting great relationships with players around him, and, and he's affecting games without. He's affecting games, and at the same time, he's not defensively or, or work rate wise. He doesn't look out of place whatsoever. Um, I I lost a bit of interest in the game when this happened. Um, if Leeds had come back and drew two all, I wouldn't have given a shit. To be perfectly honest with you, um, now we went on to win three 0 but but Keith, it's a massive blow for him, isn't it? It is, Gav. It is. You you touched on something earlier about the, the lineup for Liverpool. Um, were you surprised that Henderson didn't come in? I wasn't. To be honest, I thought the only debate was whether Naby or Thiago played on the left of the midfield because Harvey Elliott, once he got that game against Chelsea, that tells you all you need to know he's about in, what Jurgen yeah. Klopp thinks about him as a player, right? So he's in there against Chelsea, you know, he's or he has that jersey and that's his to lose. 
So it wasn't a surprise to see him in there. And and you touched on, you know, he's so good. He's never hides right. He's always looking for the ball. Always wants the ball. And never so and, and looks to go forward with it. You know, he's not looking to to be the the safe, safe option all the time. Which 18 year olds can do, you know, you can take it and look for the safe. You have Mo Salah and Trent Alexander Arnold beside you. It's easy to just pop it off to them and, and sort of feel your way in. But he's never done that. He's never once hidden. And he has been flying. You know, I thought he was great again today. Pete, I've said this before. People were screaming for it. Jude Belling. Jude Belling was a great player, don't get me wrong. But they'll scream for every wonder kid in the world when we have our own wonder kid. And he was proven to be as good as anyone else. And it's a killer blow for the lad. Something you said there, Gav, was you lost the interest in the game and, and it went really flat. But I'm delighted that we went and got that third goal because if we just sat back and even conceding the goal, and giving Leeds a sniff in that game, I think that would have been hugely detrimental to the squad and the season because it would have meant we'd slip back into, I don't know, use victims, right? We're going to come on to that. But it lets us slip back in to the mentality that, oh, it's happening again. Do you know what I mean? We've lost a, a, another horror injury. How can this happen to us again? The lads were emotional. You saw Klopp's interview at the end. You saw the reaction of the players. And they still got on and done the business. Do you know what I mean? The game was flat as fuck when it happened. Let's be honest. It, it lost its... Yeah, we yeah. know what you're saying, Gav. It lost it its over. mojo. Oh, I just wanted it to as, finish. As, 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 yeah. yeah, Just wanted it over as quickly as possible. But I'm glad we went on and we sort of forced that home. It's a bad loss. Injuries are part of football, okay? Injuries are part of football. Did uh, Pascal Strike mean to do it? No, I don't think he did. Was it reckless? Yeah. Was it a red card? Without doubt. I don't buy into this narrative that it's not a red card because while we can all say, you know, oh, but, you know, he, he doesn't go to do him there. Sadio Mane didn't go to do Ederson at the Eddie had a few years ago. Yeah. Intent's in not in the rule book, Keith. Intent's exactly. It's, it's all changed now. And it's, you know, if you're reckless, it's a re- and it was a reckless challenge. People are saying, oh, the, it was a good tackle. But the fact that he, he injured him is what got him sent off. No. It was a scissor tackle from behind at speed. If Strike jumps in with his left foot, nicks the ball away as he does and goes on, that's it. He, the force with the trailing leg to come in behind catches his leg and it's a reckless tackle. Did he mean to do him? I don't think he did, but he did. So at the end of the day, it's a red card. And, you know, it, it's not nice. The fella obviously is, is going to be a bit upset after saying it. He didn't mean to injure Harvey Elliott, 18 years old. Didn't mean to do it, but that's what happens. And and the consequence of that is a red card. Whether people think it's harsh or not, it's a red card. Well, I think it's a red card all day long. Um, you know, people are saying, oh, well, he, he gets the ball. and he, No, no, it doesn't matter that he gets the ball. He's yeah. running behind Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott's actually cutting across him slightly. Yeah. And his legs come off the ground. He's behind Harvey Elliott with both his legs wrapped around. His, his left leg comes down on Harvey Elliott. There's, he's in no position to try that tackle. I think I agree with you. If Harvey Elliott tries to run across him and he runs beside Harvey Elliott, gets his left leg around him and scoops the ball away, you go, you know what? He stayed on the ground. He slid on the ground. You might get a free kick against him because he went to ground. But the fact, and I, I don't think there's any intent. I think, I think that's... I don't think that's up for debate. There's no intent, but it is reckless. It's absolutely reckless. You can't run behind somebody like that and go off the ground 
and literally wrap yourself around them. You just can't do it. And that's the reason why he gets injured, because his, his leg, I think his left leg comes down on Harvey Elliott, the back of Harvey Elliott's legs, and Harvey Elliott's... Like it's, it's, the right, it's the right leg, Gav. I think it's the right leg. And Harvey Elliott has nowhere to go, and that's what recklessness is. Grizz, for you, pe- um, I was going to say penalty. Uh, red card, Grizz. Um, I don't think it's a red card offence. Okay. Explain, please. Enlighten me here, Grizz. I I don't. I think it. I think it was a very hard, tough challenge, um, and it was absolutely um, a disastrous outcome. Um, but I, I I don't think I don't think that gives gets given. Um, if Elliot, that's my only thing. It, it won't get given in this in in this in twenty twenty one. If if Elliot wasn't injured or taken off, in my opinion, I think it does. I think I think five ten years ago it doesn't. I think now the rules have changed and the the wording of the rules I think has changed. Where you know get it's like you know you got a touch on the ball that doesn't matter anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's I tell you uh, why. And someone's it, mentioned change it all the time. I tell you why. There's someone's mentioned in the chat. I think it's gone now. Um, there was a similar tackle later on Sadio Mane on the absolute. Uh, other Liam, side Liam, Liam Cooper, yeah, Liam Cooper, Liam yeah. Cooper, and not even a free kick. Yeah. So very similar, eighty percent similar style um, from behind. Um, won the ball cleanly, but sort of came from behind with two feet wrapped around his ankles. Nothing was given. Nothing was given. That's my point. I don't think it gets given. Um, that it, it should be a red card, right? In terms of it should be a red card. These tackles should be outlawed. Absolutely. I'm See, people might be thinking I'm saying, oh, that's fine. But I'm saying it wouldn't get given, you know, if it wasn't. Well, I'd say what I think the difference is between the two tackles, Grizz. And look, that's fair enough. It is a, that is another tackle by Cuba. Strike is running at pace. He's flying up to get onto Harvey Elliott and he lunges in at him at pace. It's a reckless tackle. It's that, and that's the key here. It's reckless and it endangers the safety of an opponent. So I know what you mean. Because of the injury, it can be clouded and, and it can be this and it can be that. Liam Cooper's challenge was reckless as well. Liam Cooper got poked early on. Liam Cooper should have been sent off for the, the free kick that he gives away on the edge of the box then when he, he pushes Jota over. You know the one that, that we got in the first mm. half yeah. after the, the Harvey Elliott handball that gets played away. Liam Cooper was lucky today he didn't get done, but the strike one, there was much more force and that's the I think that's the key. There's much more force, it's much more reckless, much more out of control and much more intent. And that's what, and I say that in the sense he that is, we've all is. played football. We've yeah. all played, we've all done tackles. I like a tackle. We all have. The rules are different now. We all have, but, but he leaves the ground. Yeah. He leaves the ground and his legs wrap around Harvey Elliott. Doesn't matter what else happens. Yeah. He leaves the ground and both his legs are around him. And if he doesn't leave the ground and tries to tackle him, Harvey Elliott's feet has somewhere to go. Harvey Elliott's legs have nowhere to go because he's wrapped yeah. around him. Now, there's no one, not in, it's not intent. It's just the heat of the game. He's chasing, you know, I'll throw him his head, but he, he could have done it loads of different ways to try to win a ball back. He could have just kept running with him. And just could have kept running and tried to muscle him. He could he could have slid around him from the left. He could have he could have let him coil a cut across him and then went after him and tried to cut you know 
slide tackle him from the right, but he doesn't. He goes straight down the back of him. And Harvey Elliott, the reason Harvey Elliott, his leg is, or his ankle is broken and dislocated is because his legs have nowhere to go because he's absolutely trapped. He's pinned, right? Now, I don't agree with you, Grizz, because I know, I know, I know where you're coming from because the referee doesn't give it, right? And it's only when the play is stopped, I think it's looked at. That's and then see, but, but you see, you have to, it has to come back to, um, consistency in this. Well, put it to this way. If Harvey Elliott goes down and doesn't have his ankle broken, right? That VAR should have been looking at that and saying, that's a red card. Yeah. It doesn't matter where that's the ball we went. Think, yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't, look it doesn't matter that he wins the ball back. It should be a red card. I'm looking at this challenge and he's jumped in from behind with both his feet. It should be a red card. The fact that it has to be stopped because of the injury and then the referee has to ask. Now, I don't know if the referee asked. I don't know if he was just holding his ear. Listen, that's a red card. I don't know that. But the original decision was it was no free kick. Maybe after the play was stopped, VAR in the meantime come back and went, actually, we're looking at that. It's a red card. I think we all agree. I think we all agree that that should be a red card in all forms of the game at every game. Every time someone does that kind of challenge, it should be a red card. We all agree. I just think that wouldn't have been given if the circumstances weren't that's, like that. That's down and, to and, the officiating, though. Absolutely. And then, the, and then there is challenges that you see like that, and we didn't even have to wait another game. We saw a challenge like that, as I said, just I don't know how many minutes later or second mm-hmm. half actually it was. Very similar, not even given as a foul, lads. Yeah. Not even given as a foul. And yet it was equally as perilously dangerous, everything, but not even given as a foul. Just for the for the just because Mane wasn't injured, Mane Mane um, you know, got up and everything was fine. And that's the problem I'm saying the inconsistency. Well, like the Harvey Elliott one wasn't given as a foul either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what no, I'm saying. To be, so to be fair, like, Keith, that wasn't given as a foul. He, he might not see that. To be fair to Craig Posh, we can't always blame the refs. Like, that's a split second yeah, thing. It, and it's it the could, other it side. It could be a case he, where he he's told in his ear, regardest of what that's what stay Harvey Elliott is in. Yeah, but my, my point in the challenge is I, I agree with Keith, but like I'm trying to get my head around this guy. So see for me, if I'm playing football, right, and I go, I've made that challenge a hundred times with my left foot, but my right foot, I would either cross my knee, and that sounds a bit daft, but you know, I'd put yeah. it flat so my either or maybe and some if I was off balance, maybe to the side, but I never I'd never put my right foot in either, because I'd think I could get my left foot in and squeeze and, and scoop the ball back. Yeah. To me, that challenge happens all the time. That's a great challenge if you pull it off. What he does with the left foot, in my opinion, is a great challenge, right? Yeah. But you don't usually just... The thing with me, guys, is even as watch it in straight away, it's actually quite hard to see the right leg because it's so quick. So when I watched it, I slowed it down. It is, someone on Twitter said, it is like a scissor motion. But when you first see it, I'm just watching the left foot. So when they slow it down... But you really shouldn't be going a scissor motion into someone like that. Because if I was doing it, I would put my, I'd, you know what I mean? Like I'd put my right right leg knee flat and then just put my leg round to scoop it. I think that's a great challenge. But yeah, you, you, you can't put a scissor motion. And as you say, Gav, I don't think it's intent or anything like that. I feel like he's just trying to catch the ball and he's let his right leg trail. And then that's, his studs are basically going at his ankle. And, and you, can't, you can't do that. But... Um, it's a strange one. See, I don't know if I'm wrong, guys. See, when I watched the Cooper one, I didn't think Cooper did a scissor motion. I think he just put one leg round. But I maybe missed that when I saw it. 
because that challenge happens all the time, and I don't think there's anything wrong with well, that the whole, challenge. The whole scissor motion isn't the fact of where your legs are positioned. It's, it's actually what you do with them then. It's, it's yeah. the fact that you go into something. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying con- not scissor. I'm saying Yeah, no, no, that's leg. what I'm saying with yeah, Cooper. Yeah. It's probably a case of one leg on the ground and one leg wrap coming around them, right? And, and trying to win a tackle. But with this one, both legs are there, and, and they're, they're getting in on Harvey Elliott. Like, now, in fairness, there's a tweet there from Paul Gorst, um, and it's Pascal Strook on Instagram. He said, in today's game, something happened that I would never wish on anyone. A Harvey Elliott, my thoughts are with you. I'm gutted and never meant for this to happen. I wish you a speedy recovery and hope to see you back on the pitch soon, which is absolutely fair enough from Pascal yeah. Strook. But, and I don't think there wasn't, and I think we have to stress that there wasn't any intent there. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's a reckless challenge and, and it has to, and it's a red card. And people would yeah. say, Oh, well, if Robertson done, if Robertson done that, I'd turn around and say it's a reckless challenge. It's simple as that. You, you don't have to look at it from and through any sort of tint, rose tinted glasses. We've, we've, we've spoke about, look, um, I think Conroy was talking about Fabinho, right? And he's a one of our own and we love him. But how many times have we seen Fabinho do similar tackle? So therefore, you know, as Gav says, you're right. You have to you have to be consistent with your, with an opinion, whether it's it's dangerous, it's endangering an opponent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and it's a red card. Obviously, you know the outcome is awful, and he's one of our own, and he's a and he's a kid, and we hate that. But you know, every team has a player that has a a, a tackling technique that would be interpreted as endangering an opponent every time they tackle, if you know what I mean. Like Paul Scholes had a technique that was ridiculed. And, and you know, so in this day and age, every time he tackled or went into a tackle, it would be deemed reckless, out of control. So I just think there is a balance. And it's, it, who'd, be, who'd want to be a ref with, with, these kind of, uh, with this kind of scrutiny? That's what I'm saying. There was a bit as well. There was a couple of comments came in earlier on um, Jono said that um, there was a great atmosphere, but the chance during the game were a disgrace. Um, Free World said um, there was awful chance from Leeds. He thought they were pathetic, and he lost a lot of respect for Leeds today. Um, I'm being honest, the vast majority of people are Ellen Rowe today, Leeds fans, you know, were very Good gracious people. towards Harvey Elliott, the injury and what he suffered, and he has to go off. And Elliott is even seeing clapping them, I think, as he's leaving. But there was some in the ground, um, which are just fucking pathetic it's it's actually getting stupid now you know and it's nearly like a point scoring exercise you know because do you know I'll tell you what's going to happen some some fans today Leeds fans you, you heard it on the TV you know what they chanted okay and I'm not going to repeat it because they don't it doesn't deserve to be repeated but what's going to happen now is is that Leeds are going to go to an away game at some stage somewhere and people are going to start singing about their supporters and I'm not going to mention what happened you know we know what we're talking we about know here. yeah yeah we know what we're talking about here and someone's going to mention their supporters and it's going to be completely wrong okay and it's going to be justified off the back of what some Leeds fans done today and i just can't get my head around it i really can't get my head around the fact that there's an 18 year old player regardless of what his age i suppose but he's lying on the ground with his ankle in fucking tatters right and these sort of chants are coming out and um, a few people in the chat did point it out and i didn't want to let it pass you know and think that we wouldn't make comment on it because at the end of the day 95, 99% of the people in that ground today were were fine and, you know, worried and concerned and, and you know, for Harvey Elliott and when it happened, and including players and staff and everything else. And then there's some people that come out and do that. And it's going to come back and bite them now. And I guarantee it will, because I, I guarantee you, somebody somewhere is going to say, do you remember they were singing that? Let's sing this because it's justified now. They've done it and it's okay, so let's do it to them. 
needs to put, be put a stop to. Really, really does. Like, don't get me wrong. Go to football games and throw abuse and, you know, get behind your team. And, and everyone throws abuse. Don't pretend you don't. You know, you do, you know, call them names and generic names, I suppose, and, and wherever else it might be. But you don't need to go down that road. You really don't because it only comes back on you. Because all clubs have a history. All fans have a history. And there's an easy way of picking out anything. Pick a club and you can find something, you know, that happened in their past or happened to them or they done or whatever it might be. And now because that has gone on, it will happen back to them. And then it be ju- the people that do it will justify it. And then it just leads to, it's just, it's just fucking desperate, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Gav, before we move off that, yeah. can I just say something on it, right? So, you know, you're, you're spot on what you say and, and it doesn't justify it. I think it's disgraceful. It's like when you hear, you know, Hillsborough chance and then uh, Man United games and then there's a Munich reference made and it's tiff or tat and nobody wins out. I think it's absolutely disgusting that people do that. There'll always be tribalism in sport and in football especially. There'll always be rivalry. But the lines that get crossed now, it's just absolutely disgraceful. And and you touched on Leeds, and we all know what's going to be said about Leeds. You know, we know the incident that everyone's going to be bringing up about them. But one thing that boils my piss is when Liverpool fans shouted, were singing about Chelsea rent boys. And, you know, if people are offended by that, and rightly so, you know, it's deemed as homophobic and, and it was highlighted. Liverpool came out and apologised for that and said they... You know, we, we don't condone our fans singing it and we don't want our fans singing it. Some of them still sang it. Um, but, nothing, you know, Liverpool are sort of being out. Well, we've said this. Liverpool, every game they play, they get called bin dippers. They get called, you know, poverty. All this sort of stuff gets shouted at them. Hillsborough chance gets shouted at them. And nothing ever gets made of it that much today. Liverpool's fans were amazing. The only noise coming out of that stadium after about 10 minutes was from Liverpool's away fans. Until Harvey Elliott got his legs smashed up. And then all you can hear, all you can hear. I'd like to think it was the minority in there and they were just loud. But some of the chanting that you could hear, I was watching uh, uh, Jim Beglin and uh, it was a Jim Beglin, I can't remember who else it was. And they were talking about, oh, great banter between both sets of fans here. And I'm like, I'm not hearing this because all I'm hearing are chants that are pretty disgusting. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was sort of being played down in good, a good atmosphere. I just think the 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 chanting by fans, you know, you can sing songs and you can have a rivalry, but some of it just gets disgusting. And that today, I there's some good Leeds fans. I said you're on the midweek fix. I think Leeds are a big club. I like Leeds as a club, but some of their fans are just. They're, they're a bit low, you know. They're a bit low, and all it's not just Leeds, it's all clubs. Liverpool fans have it as well, you know. We're not really known yeah, for this, that, but this, but this, what, I'm saying, for it. this <laughs> what I'm saying. They'll just, just, they'll be just justified moving on, and they yeah. keep going. What well, they done is we can't we, and that's what's going yeah. to happen. But it has to stop. Look, it's one it of those. I just want to show you, um, I just want to show you some stats from the game before we move on, and I'm going to give you all one topic each before we finish, if that's okay. Um, Leeds versus Liverpool today in the Premier League. The shots, um, shots and goals map, um, there on the screen for you, and Liverpool are just peppering the. Like ridiculously peppering the goal, um, you can see where the goals come from, how hard and easy the chances are. But to go away and have that sort of, um, those sort of chances. And, and, Ma- and Mane's was closer than any of the goals. <laughs> yeah, so Mane's was closer than any of the goals. Yeah, um, really, really was. <laughs> but um, we got on to Mane in a little bit. And the overall, the overall stats for the game, um, three 0 
XG at 3.66 for Liverpool, um, 28 shots to 9, 496 passes to 380. I think overall, I think it was a fairly fairly dominant display. Grizz, I'm going to come to you first. I want you to talk to me about Sadio Mane because he had an eventful day. Um, he gets the third goal, um, which I'd like you to talk about, but he also misses a sitter in the first half. And um, and overall, there's flashes from me, Grizz. There's flashes of, you know, of the Mane there, but there's still kind of a little bit of a, a little. Uh, would it be right in saying a little bit of a hangover from last season still there? It's a mix for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you summed it up perfectly for me. Um, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think there is flashes, um, and as harsh as it may seem, and you know, people, defenders of Sadio Mane or fanboys of Sadio Mane or whatever you want to call them, will will jump on my head. But I stick to my my opinion that we won't ever see that Sadio, the Sadio that we've seen for the last two three seasons. Again, I think I think you know that doesn't mean he's suddenly a, a crap player. Like this is the this is the the bit that people don't understand. It doesn't mean suddenly he's awful and we should get rid. Um, what the clamor was from a lot of fans, including me, I was very vociferous about it. Was at times like this, or when he's going through a patch like this, and. Yes, he scored two in four goals. I think that's his second goal in, in four games, isn't it now? I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be someone on his toes in terms of competition and giving him that break. Uh, again, he played the full 90 minutes. Um, you know, I thought there is flashes. There was very positive signs. He was very energetic, very... Um, the passion was there. You could see it. You know, he, he was, um, he persevered. You see what you've got to give him. He was there every time, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. He didn't shy away. Um, he tried things. I just, I just think he's missing that, that dynamism that we associate with, 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 um, is with, it just um, getting a bit of confidence? Back, Chris? Because, it, because I, he's getting, I don't think it's confidence. No, well, I don't think it's confidence. Well, I, well, I'll, tell I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Just, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'll tell you why. I just think, that acceleration that Sadio Mane was unbelievable at beating men from a standing position. Mm. Like he was like, you know how people rave about Adama Traore's blistering start or Sadio Mane was the original. I mean, you, he, he will set you up and totally stop the play. So he'd be just standing over the ball and then he'd be able to offer, offer, offer um, a start like that beat you and go on the outside. It seems as though he's lost that. And it's not only this season, as we discussed last season, it was through last season. Now, obviously a lot of people, some people say about the COVID and maybe it's a long COVID and it's affecting him. I just think if we had someone worthy of, of, of sort of competing with him and keeping him um, on his toes or, you know, or, or, you know, to just motivate him, like, Look at the impact Jota had on Firmino. Like we saw a brilliant ending to Firmino when 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 Jota came back. So yeah, look, Sadio Mane. I love Sadio Mane more than anyone, and Sadio Mane wants to win that league more than anyone. You know, as we saw the season we won it. I just think we have seen yeah, the hell. best of. I just think we've seen the best of Sadio, and that's and that's. I think that's a very valid opinion to have. It doesn't mean sell him, flog him. He's finished. He's dead. I just think we've seen the best of Sadio Mane. The only thing I would say is that. 
uh, and a few people have said in the chat is that all right, I, I get, I don't think he looks as blistering as he used to. Because when Sadio mm. Mane arrived, he was all about pace. He was, remember Arsenal away, when he just yeah. tore Arsenal apart down the right wing, cut inside and scored with the left foot. And maybe he's evolved a little bit, where he, d- he doesn't rely on pace as much, and that's maybe not why we're seeing it um, exposed as much. But when I'm looking at that map that we've put up there with regards to his shots and his, and his you know, on target and stuff like that, I do think it's a confidence thing. And I'll tell you why. Because I always thought Sadio Mane was a really good finisher. Always said it. Really good finisher of a football. Um, you know, gets in good position, scores, loves that one, you know, where he opens his body and puts it across goalkeepers. Um, and I'm looking at that and the chance he's getting. Now, the one at the back post today fizzed across at him. I think he gets ahead of it slightly and he tries to just get it. He just tries to caress it and it, and it goes up over the bar. But I'm looking at... Oh, I'll put it to this way. I'd be a lot more concerned if Sadio Mane wasn't having seven or eight shots and wasn't in those positions. And I think just a touch of confidence, I think you'll see a bit of a more of a spark, a bit more consistency to him. But he walks his bollocks off and I think he justified being in the Liverpool side. But if we've seen... He's two and four. He's one, he's a goal. He's a one and two man this season so far. So you can't really argue with that. But I know where people are coming from going, geez, he had more shots than Leeds today. Having said that, I'm looking going a little bit more confidence. I think Sadio probably puts two or three of them away easy. And we're walking away going, fucking hell, what but the a thing is, back. But the thing is, what, but the thing is, when do we know he's confident, Gav? Because someone just mentioned a stat there that he's actually now scored four in five games. Mm. So that surely yeah. means, that surely means his confidence should be there because confidence comes from scoring, actually yeah, scoring a goal, I'm, as opposed to, Having a good game, I think. No, having a good game is part of confidence, obviously. But that that feeling for an attacker to actually score should be confidence boosting at its best. Yeah, I, absolutely, it absolutely should five. be. But I think when I when I think of the two goals he's got this season, the fo- the one against Burnley played into his path, he lashes it in. The one against yeah, Leeds into his path, both yeah, he lashes it in. Exactly. I think when he's having to think, I think that's where the confidence is, and it is yeah. for the forward player, Chris. I've played. I've played as a forward, I've played with forwards and the law, and I remember one fellow I played with 16, 17 years of age, he was the best forward I'd ever seen. Uh, genuinely, he was unbelievable and I always said to him, in front of goal, what's it like? He said, when you have time to think, when you have time to think, you have to slow everything down because when you have time to think and you think too quick, that's when you snatch at things. When you slow it down, don't worry, you have time, you'll score. When it's instinctive, you're just putting it away. You know, the sort of way. And I think that's where it is. I think when it's instinctive, it works. When he's to think a little bit, that's where the confidence levels. Confidence levels can be different in different situations, if you get me. You know what I mean? Like, I play golf. I'm very confident over 10-foot putts, right? I'm less confident over 5-foot putts because they're closer. And you think in your head you have more chance of missing them. Or... I shouldn't miss this if you get me. You know the sort of way. So yeah. it's one of those. Gav, Gav, do you not think though, Gav? He used to cut in in that right foot. I remember Arsenal in one four nil, and he used to curl it, and it looked like he had confidence. And three or four occasions today, he was nervous to cut in. He had the beating of the man to, re- to release the shot from maybe not a one on one situation. That's what worries me about Manny. It's like he's got zero confidence in his shooting ability from a non one on one situation. If you know what I mean, yeah. I it looks like Norwich to try and get out of it. Yeah, maybe, but Norwich, look at the chance that Norwich would score from. It's his miscued shot again. I don't know what it is now, but he had three or four times when he had their right back, he was cutting and had the beating, and he just, he just like, 
he looks like he's overthinking and he just doesn't want to release the shot. And I think you're right, Gav. I do think it's confidence, but I do feel at times it's like there was one point where he beat a man, came back, beat a man again, rolled it, and then just ended up shooting with his left foot. And you're like, mate, if you're not going to do it, pass it to someone who will. Because it's just like, I don't know what it is at the moment. I, he, he's got that shot in, so I don't know why he's, he's so low in confidence. Yeah. I don't I, know why. I think just different situations have different confidence levels. That's the way I read it. And I think, uh, you know, if it's instinctive and Manny is scoring goals, great. I love to see him score a couple where, you know, he's one-on-one with the keeper with a bit of time to think, or he has got a defender and he's trying to use a defender as a, a wall to, you know, bend around. Stuff, just different type of goals. I think if you see them coming, then you you know the confidence level is getting higher and higher. But look, it's, it's far enough. It's far enough. Kevin O'Sullivan says it there. Defenders are reading the coating side a lot more now. And I think that's it. I think he's become too predictable in a sense that they know what he's going to do. Because even at the tail end of last season, when he got a few goals at the end of the season, they were the instinctive types as well. You know, we're not seeing that killer, the ruthless man that we're used to. And I don't put it down to COVID because I think he's actually, you know, I thought today was good. It was just his decision-making at the final attempt was what sort of held him back. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get it back. Once he scores goals, you'll forgive him. Yeah, but, the longer, and he, and he's, but he's working hard as well for the team. Yeah. He's not he's not strolling around with his head down. He's not moping around the place and, you know, getting the odd goal and people are going, he's doing fuck all else because he's not. He's working very, very hard. And, Today's and he, the perfect example. Yeah. Stinks the gaff out and then gets a goal in the 90th minute. No, it yeah. A good bit of strength though. There was one stage in the first half where the, the lead's right, but I think the right tries to centre mid tries to muscle him and he just like knocks him out of the way. That was good to see. He looks like he's got that kind of confidence of he can take players on. It's he's an enigma. He's actually turning into Salah before in the, the past has had probably many performances like today, if, if you know what I mean. Like maybe done some good stuff, done some bad stuff and then scored. Whereas now it seems Salah's just, as we said earlier, he seems to be really consistent with his, his performances, even though at times he's, he's had games I, I disagree, Conroy. I disagree to, to completely. Salah, what? Salah could have a bad game and his performance could dip, but he was absolutely cold in front of goal. Oh, no, no. But what, what I mean, mate, was, is what I mean is like, it's like Salah to me is enigma, was an enigma at times. Like, I like that he'd have a poor game and then score. Whereas today... I wouldn't oh, say Manny had a poor yeah. game. I just feel like he's an enigma. Sorry, it's just it's like an enigma. It's like yeah, just yeah, I, I, like how Gav's saying he's not confident, and I'm like, you're saying how is he not confident? It's like what I mean is I can't work him out right now. That's that's what I meant with the comparison. Yeah, Salah's definitely more cold. I wouldn't argue with that. Well, staying with you, Conroy. Um, I want you to talk to me about Thiago Alcantara, um, because there his is map today for um <laughs> some passes and messing and um. He completes a shitload of passes. He has four that fail, okay? One of them I got really upset by because Bamford tries to chip um, Allison from about 45 yards. He creates one chance. He has an assist as well. Um, But Conroy, I, I seen Jamie Redknapp saying something, and I don't usually agree with Jamie Redknapp, but he turned around and he said, look, you had people telling you he slows them down. He has You have people telling you he does this and he does that, but his brain for football in a game where like Grizz said at the very start, they're going to try outrun you and they're going to try pressure. His brain to play football and never feel under pressure is invaluable. And I just think, and I genuinely think we're only starting to see, I think, about 75% of Thiago at the moment. And it's scary to think what he could get to. He, he was really, really good today, Conrad. 
No, absolutely. And it's, it would have been funny if that Bamford goal had went in, that would kind of be a Thiago-esque thing. He has a great performance and then one lapse of concentration, a bit like what he'd done against Burnley. But outstanding performance. I was really happy for him today. I'd said it in the pre-match. You know, this is a, a big game for him. The team's back now. He can show what he can do now. There's been underlying issues in the past, coming back from injury. The players weren't there who he'd maybe wanted to join in with originally. No, it was, it was really good today. I think, as Grizz touched on, uh, the press resistance, that's what he's really good at. So it was it was a great game for him today. Showed what he can do. Outstanding. And I feel like, as you say, 75% is about right because I feel like when he gets that consistency again, a bit like towards the end of last season, you maybe start to see him instead of the, the incisive passes, which is great. But he has got a, f- a few of the longer passes as well in his locker that I feel like he'll be able to bring into the mix. But if he can keep that sort of level for the rest of the season, I'll be absolutely loving it. And I, I said already, I think he'll be one of our players of the season. We just need to get that consistency. But as I say, if you look at that pass map, when we can get going, and especially against there'll be teams who sit in and not come out come out like Leeds did today, I feel like he's going to be key, and we just need to get. If he can get that consistency, he'll be a he'll be a great he'll be a great asset for us to to break down those teams. And yeah, I feel I feel also it gets the what's the word the harmony with the players that consistent team playing together now. And if he can get in that, I feel like it'll be fantastic for us going forward. And as you said, it's like we're just quietly doing our business. And you said earlier in a tweet, Gav. 27 games to go. That's how I like it. I think Keith, you had the comment, yeah, you had you had the comment of the summer. I thought it was like when everyone was, I watched that, it was the fat back four, and everyone was saying, Man City are buying this, United are buying this, Chelsea are buying that. And you're like, we only have to play them twice. And since you said that, I've been like, spot on, to be fair. You only need, there's only two cup finals against those teams. So, yeah, I think it's great for us in the long run. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was excellent today. Keith, I'm going to give you this topic before we get man of the matches. So if you have a man of the match, um, get it ready. Um, but Keith, I'm going to give you Gary Neville and Martin Tyler. Controversial, because I was watching uh, Peter Drury and uh, Jim Beglin. Can I have it then? Go ahead. You Jim, Jim, Beglin, Jim Beglin's class. I'm, I'm not even on the cans. Good. Okay, so... Um, you know me, I don't usually watch it on Sky, but I ended up watching it on Sky today, and I have to be... Uh, I know people would say, why did you watch it on Sky? I now know why I don't, because it was absolutely <laughs> and utterly unbelievable to listen to some of the shit they came out with today. It was like... Uh, I was trying to I, I was trying to work out how long would it take for him to talk about Ronaldo. Um, Gary Neville nearly started crying when Luke Ayling didn't score. Um, Tyler is away with the fairies. I just how who in Sky thinks it's a good idea to put these two on a Liverpool game? I just, and are they doing it as a wind up? Because that's what it is. It's, it's absolutely clicks. Unbelievable that they're, they're anywhere near it. It really is. No I think understand. I think Tyler's worse. I think Tyler's worse than Neville. I no, no, Tyler's the worst of them all. But, 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 he's a United fan. I'm not caring what anyone no, he, says. He, he he's such a, a United fan. fan or something like that. But yeah, but, some of that shit. Man. But you know what? Do you know what? It's it's. Don't get me wrong. There's there's commentators out there that are good, and there's some of them that aren't so good. But they'll watch a game and they'll tell, talk to you about the game. And but these two are literally willing opposition teams to score goals. It's absolutely yeah. insane. You can so, hear it in them. I'm 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 you telling you now. Pain. I am pain. not watching. Another game of Liverpool on Sky this year. 
I'm, I promise you. Just on the off chance that these um that these two might be on it, um either together or separately, because I just can't do it. I just cannot do it anymore. It's I haven't done it in a long Lisa time. Lisa Whitlock says in the comments there, it's soul destroying, and that that's what it is when you listen to them. It absolutely crushes you listening because all you want, you don't want someone to be overly biased towards Liverpool. You want to hear a sort of fair and balanced commentary on any game, and to hear the shit that they come out with is just. It's ridiculous, you know, and it gets stressed up because they're the post. He's Neville's the poster boy for Sky, and Tyler is the the veteran, you know, and oh, he's very, very uh, unbiased and all that. But you can feel the blading, the rage when things are going are going Liverpool's way. And as you say, Luke Ailing missed. I know the chance the back post when he could have headed it wasn't, and he, he sort of smashed it over the bar, you know. They have to be balanced and fair, and they're not, and that's the problem. Um, it's it, I just couldn't get over it, and, and there's some I, very good commentators out there. By the way, the Euro showed that there's some yeah, very good my, commentators. My, one of my favorites is Ali McCoist. I love Ali McCoist because he just yeah. tells it as it is. Like I'll put it this way, and a comparison that I don't know if it'll work. But Gary Neville and Martin Tyler did a Liverpool game today, and it's quite clear that they'd be nothing more than Liverpool not to win that game today. I can see it goals right. I list. I watched the old firm three weeks ago, wherever it was, and Ali McCoist was on co commentary. Right, it was James McFadden, Alan McCoy, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was excellent. Right, he's a yep. former Rangers player. He's a former Rangers, you know. That's his job, legend. Gav. That's his and job to commentate the going, game. He's literally going, "That's brilliant from Celtic, or that's brilliant from Rangers. Yeah. That's poor from Rangers. That's poor from Celtic." And so, just down the middle, watching a football game and calling it. And then I went today to this. <laughs> it's almost and, like um, he's getting paid to give his non-biased opinion. Yeah, <laughs> and if getting paid, if if you ever catch oh. me watching. Them again on Sky. Grizz has the right to make me Indian field daily for a week. All right, and he can pick whatever he wants. And um, that's how it's going to go because it was just absolutely astonishing to watch them too today. But you know what? It's you touch on Ali McCoy's there before we move off that. Ali McCoy's commentates like he enjoys football and he enjoys what he's watching. Yeah, the others don't. Do you know, and and there's this oh. sort of like Martin Toiler always sounds like his car got clapped. Well, all Neil said, uh, Toiler <laughs> Kate had to be airlifted out of Africa. This is what Toiler said about Kate. Like, that, that's know, outrageous. It um, doesn't sound like his car just got clamped. It's <laughs> yeah, coming. It's unbelievable. Oh. But um, look, we leave it there. Man of the match, Grizz. Man of the match, please. Yeah, look, I said at the start, it's one of those games where. It's very difficult. Remember in the title winning season, every week we used to struggle yeah. to name a mm. because everyone was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight out of ten, everyone. But um, I'm going to give it to Fabinho. I think Fabinho was immaculate. Um, very similar position he had to play or role to play to like Kelvin Phillips had, like as in the lone DM and then two more attacking players. And booked after 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, he's, he gets even better when he gets booked like the Barcelona game, isn't it? It just kind yeah. of, kind of just. Focus just knocks him into shape, yeah. Focuses him, yeah. And he was magnificent after that. Didn't didn't put a foot wrong, I thought. And and he, and he got his goal as well. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's a good show. It's not one my show, but it's a good show. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's hard to pick one today because there was so many really good players. Uh, Conroy, man of the match. I would say Fabinho as well. Um, just what all Grizz said, just smashed that. I thought he just showed why he's one of the best DMs in the world, if not the best DM. Um, just, just so good at reading the game. Just like he's not even, he's not even like a big guy. He's just so good at reading the game. It's unbelievable. 
Um, I would also shout out, I always do this when I'm on the show, but Joe Matip, man, what a player. Just like someone tweeted earlier said he, he got his inner Ronaldinho for the, the first goal, and I thought it was very accurate. He's just, he's actually phenomenal. There was there's a point where I don't know if you saw Alisson held onto the ball a bit too long and he passed to Joe Matip in his own box, and he just lofted it over the player to Trent. Just like, he's going from strength to strength. And if this wasn't Joe Matip and he had the fitness issues, Honestly, I feel like you you could say this guy is just going to be absolutely secure for the rest of the season. Just like he might, he might, he might, he might actually get centre back of the year at this rate. Genuinely, the guy I thought was better than Van Dyke today again. Van Dyke was oh, still yeah. very good, but Matip is just he's. I'm sorry, I say it all the time, but I just want to get it out there. I think he's unbelievable, and it, it yeah, just unbelievable. What a player! That's so just to be clear, Conroy. Just to be clear. You're picking Fabinho, but you've just gone through Matip, yeah? Yeah, yeah actually, I'm going to change it. I was, picking, going, Matip, I'm, like, I was I, picking Matip, and you've just ruined it. All right, I'll go Fabinho, you can pick Matip, and you can add to that game. Okay, yeah, well, but look, he's just so good, man. He's so good. <laughs> Laura Duffy says... Are we using airlifted as a term for aeroplanes now? Because I missed them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I go to Liverpool, I'm going to go, people are going to go, where are you going? I'm being airlifted. To How Liverpool. did you get there? Yeah, yeah. I'm being airlifted. airlifted. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Keith, do you have a Matip? I'm having Matip, Gav. I, I echo what Conroy says. Look, I think John Matip, I've said it before, I think he's one of the best centre-backs in Europe. Uh, it's the fitness things that the issues are on. But, you know, you've seen on the first goal, John Matip was a midfield player for Schalke. Well, he was a centre-back, he played in midfield as well. And you can see he's so confident and comfortable on the ball. I just think he's excellent. I think Conroy touched on there. I think he's been better than Van Dijk, which is understandable because Van Dijk's coming back from a very bad injury and still has, you know, I'd say he's 9 out of 10 at the moment, Van Dijk, but there's still them little instances where he's maybe not committing too much into, into tackles or challenges. Joel Matip, I think, has been every game. Like, we spoke about the Chelsea game and it was him handling Lukaku. And today, it's it's Matip just the only right the, the lads touched on it I think the Alisson was excellent I think the whole back four I think the midfield and front of them were excellent and that's what built, the base was built on today you could have picked any of them but I'm going with Matip I thought he was brilliant I'm going to go for Thiago um, yeah. his fourth start of the season and I thought I, I just thought that the way he, like Fabinho was brilliant in there, don't get me wrong. He he cut off stuff, he, he got in, he got stuck, he gets booked and I think Riz like like Riz says, it focuses him and it kinda of just takes that edge off him. But it's actually not a bad thing when you take the edge off Fabinho because he comes with a lot more disciplined and makes better decisions for me. But when but when you marry that with, with Thiago and his passing range and his vision and his coolness to just take that extra touch or drop his shoulder, um I, I thought he was huge in the way we turned what was the first ten minutes that was a bit of a game of tennis into um into one that was controlled and I think Thiago had a massive, massive part in that. And I think um like we said it's hard to pick them when they play that well and, and we've gone for four different players there. Um have we? Three different players out of four. Three different yeah. players out of four. Um Conroy ruined it by Robin Matip, but we let him away with it. But no, you don't Fabinho as well. Yeah, no, two yeah. Fabinho's just, two just coughing people. Just yeah. coughing people. Just but, um, stealing other. No, it was it was I, I just thought it was really, really, really good from Thiago today, especially on his fourth start. And, and I think it's it's really good to see that mix in midfield where we're seeing, unfortunately, the players gone out today for a while, but you're seeing different players coming in and out. Maybe now you'll see Curtis Jones starting to come into the squad and, and, and yeah. show what he can do. You know, because as though it's bad for Harvey Elliott, it's an opportunity now for Curtis Jones and others. So, um, you know, hopefully they, they can kick on and, and kind of take the baton on from here. Um, 
before we go, anything else before we go, lads? The floor is free. Conroy, anything else before we go? Um, I think we cover most of it, guys. I know I joked before it saying I think that proved that Rafinha's not worth sixty million, but it is more tongue in cheek. But I just thought, um, yeah, shout out to uh, we said Trent and Robo as as well today. It, it looked like um, having him back with Rafinha, he dealt with him very well today. It's been a pretty tough week for Robo to be honest. Like three Scotland games and then right back in today. But it, it was good to see him get a good performance because I was a bit, as we said after the Chelsea game, it looked like he wasn't ready. So just to say. Buzzing for him to get that back. And also, it's it's really good to see, um, just to add, I don't know if you saw the tweet, what happened is Trent was getting told, you're just a, you're just, what is it, you're just a, a Scouse Kyle Walker. And then five minutes later, he sets up Salah and then he goes like that to the crowd. Yeah. So I thought that was just a really, really a beautiful moment for Trent. So I just thought I'd add that in. Good stuff. Keith, anything else before we go? Yeah, a little annoyance I had today watching the match and and just to echo what you said at the start, it went flat after the the, the injury to Harvey Elliott. But just after that, um, Leeds made a substitution and brought on Dan James and it, it must have rivaled the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United the way they were going on. They'd have been as well bringing on Leeds and Rick James or Sid James, one for the kids. For all that Dan James done and how they rated this young flat as some sort of leading superstar I just couldn't get my head around that so a little dig at Dan James but okay. I just couldn't believe it you know Yeah, not a fan needless to say stick the boot into Dan James nice one uh, Grizz anything else before we go no I'm just having a, a very weird conversation with my Uber driver because I'm telling him well I can't tell him I'm on a well I suppose I could have told him I'm on a, I'm on, a, I'm on YouTube right now I've told him just leave the food they can go and he's insisting that I open the door so <laughs> um, okay. so this is weird I've said look leave the door at, at the food I've arrived I said I know you've arrived just leave the food at the door bring him in thank you very much and you can go <laughs> bring him and in like, <laughs> no I don't want to bring him in come I, on bring him I, in I, you I, no, no he's gone now I, then I had to say look I'm in the toilet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave the food and go. It's fine. Thank you very much. I what think he's worried that. I think he's worried that the foxes might get to it before me. But what did you order? You'll chase the foxes down the road. I've ordered. Um, I'm just ordered a small pizza today, Gav. Small okay. pizza. But it's, it's, it's an interesting um, toppings on this one. It's the first time I've heard. I don't know if people can relate to this. Hold on one second. Don't say pineapple. It's a, a meatball. Actually, why, why am I prolonging this? My food's ready. Okay. It's a meatball special. A Have meatball special. A, People are asking what you ordered. It's a meatball special, small pizza, which is a special, fucking lie. Yes, a nine inch, a a small, is that a small pizza a for a inch, human or a small A 12 inch meatball pizza. It's a small pizza. <laughs> it's not a small. Is that a big no, one? No, it's seven or a nine inch is a small personal pizza. Uh, well, you know, you know, it's relative. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, make sure to go and check out YouTube channels belonging to Grizz, belonging to Conroy. But Keith doesn't have one, but we'll try to get him one as well. Um, yeah. Would you like one? Do you know what you could do? You could just call your YouTube channel The List, right? Yeah. And we could give you a topic and you could just list out people you don't like Rant. around that topic. People yeah. love your lists. Your I would watch that, Keith. I would yeah. watch that, mate. Your, your, your dual list. Don't forget subscribe like, like subscribe <laughs> Keith the list um, Keith the list punk uh, was the name of the YouTube channel um, but before we go there was a huge um, there was a huge money collection by the Dublin Fire Brigade over the weekend in Dublin City Centre for Siena Steps I believe it went really really well I'm waiting to hear him um, 
exactly how much they've um they've earned but as you know we they've earned enough money to send sienna for the for the um treatment and now it's all about having the money for her to do rehab which is as important as the as the treatment she's going to have we listen we have until november to this and i'm genuinely going to try plan something where we're going to get as many people on a podcast as we can for as long amount of time as we can, hours upon hours. And we're just going to have a laugh and we're going to do different things and we're going to shut down Super Chats and we're going to make people click a link. The only thing in the description will be a link to go and donate to Sienna. So I'm, I'm as of tomorrow, I'm going to try to organise this. If you have any suggestions, if you have any suggestions as to what you'd like to see, what you'd like us to do, um, Please, please do it because I know the lads on screen, the lads off screen involved with us, people from other podcasts, if I ask them, they will come and do it for us. So please, if you have any suggestions, um, the best thing to do is probably DM us on Twitter or email us at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com. Were any suggestions you have that we could fit into a show that could last, I don't know, three, four, five hours, whatever you want, um, we will just literally have a link to um, donate to Sienna and we'll have a laugh throughout that time and we'll have cans and all and personal 12 inch pizzas and Keith shouting out lists and Conroy robbing stuff um, No I've, I've got a wee idea there Gav just okay. on the light bulb after maybe it might be quite fun maybe Okay I'll, I'll tell you Keep that. it there Keep it there Yeah absolutely Gav's like bleeding Bob Geldof now isn't he just putting on TV extravaganzas here No like do you know what people have asked for this for <laughs> ages and I thought no, I know. Bob Geldof. I'm not afraid of him. Link. He's Give a wanker, money. he is. No, no. <laughs> we want your money now, Doyle. Oh, blah, 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 stop. Blah, blah, blah. Stop. Give me your money, you pricks. Um, he could no. put out a single. Could like, put out a single. Oh, oh my God, that'd be amazing. No, it's just, it's just keeps less, just less than it's a recording. Yeah, keeps yeah. Less than people yeah. he doesn't like. With a, with a tune, in the, with a holding tune that you hear on a phone in the background. But no, people have asked. the singer of this group. People have asked them, um, people have asked us ages and ages and ages, can you do something like that? Can you do lo- a good few hours where you get different people on and off all the time, have a bit of a laugh? So we're going to try to do that because we're determined to get this girl, not only to America, but to get her a treatment and everything like that. All right. Um, how is Conroy's cat, Grant? Um, I think he's Grant. Uh, uh, yeah, she's sleeping. She's sleeping right now. Sleeping. She's good all stuff. good. Gave 21 says on book. Um, are you really prolonging this on purpose so my pizza gets Oh, yeah, your pizza. <laughs> Forgot about it. Are you really doing this no, on no, purpose? No, no, we're going. We're going, I promise. <laughs> right, that has been the Fatback 4. Thanks to Grizz. Thanks to Keith. Thanks to Conroy. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks to everyone for um, watching, subscribing, liking. Hit a like on the way out if you want as well. Uh, rest of the week, uh, forum tomorrow. Tuesday is the midweek fix. Wednesday is a pre- and post-match shows. Thursday is carnage. Friday is sports unplugged. And then we'll be back. Liverpool playing next Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Palace, we'll back. isn't it? Yeah, we'll be back next Saturday with some shows as well. Uh, talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.